Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Foxcatcher? I am, because after all, we are the Watchers of Movies. So we just had a little bit of fun there where she was repeatedly talking over me on purpose. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. She's totally innocent. Mm. She's never done anything wrong in all her life. That's that's, that's true. That's true. true. <laughs> See, yeah. you just talked over me. <laughs> what? Maybe I've never I done should that. be offended. I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just we're just having fun. We're, we're just, just having fun. It's having a Wednesday. Having a great time. It's a Wednesday. It is a Wednesday. Not when you're listening, whoever you are. Yeah, whoever but you are out there, you. Yeah. It's not Wednesday for you. Maybe it is, though. It could be Wednesday for you. (laughs) What a conversation. Well, I know. Any new listeners are locked in for sure. I think that they are thrilled. Thrilled. We just had, it was just the most interesting conversation I think we've ever had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a question for you. Yes, I am a professional model. (laughs) Okay. No, I have to tell you, did I ever tell you the story about, I used to work to in a phone in a phone center in a call center taking claims like new claim calls uh for an insurance company and uh a young man called and he was like and i went through my spiel when i answered the phone and he was like hi yeah i need to report a claim and before you ask i just want to tell you that yes i am a male model <laughs> and i remember being really disgusted because i was like a i can't see you i have no idea what you look like and b uh, that joke doesn't make any sense because I can't see you. So was he joking or was he serious? Well, this raises a question. I always thought he was joking, but maybe he just wanted to brag about his profession. And yes, before you ask, I, I know, am a male model. I just, it really stuck out to me because I found it so incredibly annoying. And maybe, you know, like, maybe like, maybe okay. he knew he was calling a call center and he was just like, I'm going to put a bit of levity in this person's right. day. And it it didn't like... It didn't anger me because he was trying to be funny. What angered me was that it just didn't make sense. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, E for effort. Because you could have just said, like, and before you ask, yes, I am a voice actor. That would have made sense. Right, right. You know, and then I probably would have been like, really? <laughs> I know. I would have been like, oh, my God. But what are you in? I love voice <laughs> acting. Um, so, my question for you... Is have you seen the trailer for The Gray Man with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans? Yes, I have multiple times have actually. You, okay. Yeah, I thought it was about those little alien conspiracies. <laughs> oh no. Well, in the spirit of Nicole Byer, I was watching it and I was like, damn, that mustache on Chris Evans is kind of doing something for me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Didn't like, you feel shaved head and the mustache? I was like, didn't it's you feel creepy, that way about hot in a way Henry way? Cavill? Yes, I did when he had a mustache. Mm, you I was a like, mustache mm. thing. I might, I might, because I was watching a TikTok, and it was this guy, and he was uh, doing one of those like, who do you choose? And it was like Stranger Things, and he couldn't decide between. There's like this new guy, and I don't know. Oh, young. Eddie. Yeah, probably. And uh, I think it was uh, Steve, and he couldn't, like, decide between them, and he kept going, like, back and forth, but he had, like, a mustache, and I was like, God, this guy is so cute. <laughs> I 
was like, damn. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I, I, maybe I do a little bit of mustache thing. Who knows? Mm, Who interesting. Knows? I think it just depends on the man, though, because sometimes some guys have them and they do not look good on them. Well, it just depends on if the mustache makes you look like, um, like a, a pedophile dad. or not. Well, I was okay. saying soccer dad. Like a soccer dad or a hipster, and AKA, I don't know if I'd like either of them. Right, right. Like, a mustache on a young man makes me think that he probably, every time he plays music in his car, is like, you probably never heard of this band. <laughs> and then a mustache on an older it's guy. It's this new band called One Republic. You probably never heard of them. <laughs> And then a mustache on an older guy, I just, I just think maybe it's just not my thing like mm-hmm. i don't have anything negative to say about it i just i think i like i like beards you know right i like beards too yeah. but apparently i like mustaches too that's cool though i can <laughs> what i, I should have said like, what if you were at a party and a guy had a mustache and he took out a little comb i was like combing um, it would you be excited not sexually i'm just meaning like would it like <laughs> would it make true. you uh, would it amuse you is what i meant. um maybe yeah maybe what i was what i wish i had said was uh when you said the guy like who puts on the new song like in 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 the car whatever i should have been like oh i've been listening to his new band called led zeppelin have you heard of them (laughs) (laughs) because of course like some 15 year old is like i just discovered this amazing band called led zeppelin and it's like yeah i have heard of led zeppelin 50 years ago (laughs) you you heard of them 50 years ago i was alive 50 (laughs) years ago yeah i know no i have seen the trailer and uh yeah the mustache whatever i think i really like ryan gosling i find that um he's just such a compelling actor Mm -hmm. and i really enjoy any most of his movies i really enjoy his part in them so you have those remaining questions. I do have the remaining Ooh. questions. So, here we go. Okay, here we go. Movie you really want to see get remade? A movie you really want to see get remade? Oh my god, that's such a good question. Oh, you know what? Um, single white female, actually, I think would be... I don't know if I really want it to be remade, but I... I watched it recently because I talked about it before, and it was with um, <clears throat> Bridget Fonda and um, and Jennifer Jason Lee. And I thought both of those women were not right for the parts. I thought they were kind of boring, and so it'd be nice to see it like done in a way where you're actually like feeling worried for this woman instead of being like, "Well, she's kind of a bad actress, so what is she really going to do to you?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. Um, I think that would be an interesting one. <laughs> I also think, actually, come back to me. I might, I might think of something while you're. What's your answer? I have to think of something. Okay. <laughs> so, movie I really want. The thing about remakes is, I generally think like, oh, come on, come up with a new idea. So mm-hmm. it's kind of difficult for me to go back on that and be like, what movie should they remake? But I have, you know, like it is fun to kind of think of actors and actresses who may fit a part really well like an old part really yeah. well so i'm trying to think of yeah because i like an that older movie that i might want to see get remade maybe with like a modern flair you right know? right yeah because i thought as i was watching a uh, single white female that i thought that lily um lily james actually would play an amazing 
um, Jennifer Jason Lee, who's actually the bad one, but I think that she could do it. I think she has the capability, and I'd be like, it'd be interesting to see her in that kind of scene or that kind of part. But um, I'm trying to think of other movies. I know that there's other ones where I've been like, it's like, I think it would be good to remake bad old movies because, like, don't remake good old movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would be worried if they remade something like Breakfast at Tiffany's, where sure they could remake it and then take out all the racist parts and maybe and the like pedophilia. the child marriage. Yeah, <laughs> but then I don't know. I I guess right now I'm gonna stick with a single white female would be really interesting to re- see redone, um, especially if they got someone who was good at like creating suspense because it just it wasn't like I, th- I feel like there should have been so much more suspense in that movie and it just kind of like it was fine it was entertaining but it wasn't it didn't like I want like when I watch something about a movie about someone who's trying to take over someone else's life I want to feel scared for the person whose life is being taken over and I just didn't really feel that yeah I was kind of like I mean like she's kind of a threat but you know like not is she you know what I mean like so I don't know um yeah that's my answer that's good that's a good no that's good reasoning Mm -hmm. i don't have one on the top of my head that i'm like oh i wish this movie could get remade um the problem also with remakes is like you're almost guaranteed to have more cg if depending on the movie you pick Mm -hmm. i was thinking that too just like that i don't like that so i don't know because i can't say i mean like you said why would anyone remake a good movie? Right. So I'm trying to think of bad movies or movies that didn't age well, maybe. And I don't know. I can't really think of one where I'm like, yeah, I'd like to see a reiteration of that and see how they can modernize it. Right. So I, um, I thought maybe Labyrinth, but they'd have to. I think Tom Hiddleston would actually make a great Jared. <laughs> so if oh. they, yeah, right? No, I don't think so. You don't so. think so? No, I don't think that Tom Hiddleston oozes like this weird androgynous sex appeal. <laughs> oh my god, you're so right. Tilda Swinton, then no, <laughs> actually that might not be bad. I that would actually, be the worst. I, I would w- actually think she would be a better Jareth than Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, you know, I kind of agree. With forced you. to choose, definitely. But I don't think she she doesn't like. I feel like like David Bowie like had you're right he had this kind of just like raw sexuality about him where you're like why why am i feeling i'm feeling a certain way feeling i'm feeling a certain way about this character what's going on <laughs> can't figure it out but um okay so no on labyrinth <laughs> <laughs> but i also no to to reiterate or not to reiterate to add on to what you had said I think that doing something like that, remaking something like that, Labyrinth, you're right, they would totally rely on CGI for that. And the thing is about that is that, to me, that's like spitting in the face of Jim Henson's memory. Because he was the, like, he was the master puppeteer. You can't just, like, you know what I mean? So, (sighs) yeah. Yeah. There's going to be some shitty person out there who's like, puppets? We don't like puppets. And it's like, it's a Jim Henson movie? How dare you? (laughs) I don't know. Are there people who don't like puppets? That would be surprising. (sighs) Well, they are wrong. (laughs) I, I... I don't know. That would be weird. Um, okay, I don't. I don't think I can. Well, think no, I think so I was thinking more like some exec is like, no, CGI is cheaper instead of puppets. Oh, and I'm yeah, like, maybe that could be. Yeah. But how about this one? They really need to make this book, comic, game, story, 
etc into a movie i did a, do a, a, a mini topic a long time <laughs> ago about number the stars and i think that would be a good movie yeah i really like that book yeah um i remember that i really liked what you did there I, th- I, I remember most of the, so I remember most of the cast that. actually yeah. because it like I was like yeah it's a really good cast. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like I'm trying to think of something that hasn't already been made into a movie. Oh, okay, I have one. Um, it's called Many Waters. It's by Madeline Engel. Link Madeline Lingle. Um, she also wrote. Um, a wrinkle in time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just like her totally face. So I did see a wrinkle in time, and I have read the book many, many times when I was younger. And I, I, I never really like was super on board with the book. Like I was kind of like I thought that the lead a- character was a little bit annoying. She was a little whiny, but I did like the the movie, even though it wasn't like truly accurate to the book. But I thought that they did a pretty decent job, you know, from what I remember. But many waters is um. Is, was like a beloved favorite of mine and it's about it's kind of like so it's it's meg is the girl in, in wrinkle in time so it's about her brothers about denny's and sandy their their names um and they're twins and they go back in time to like the great flood so they're like meeting noah and his family and everything and so it's like a kind of like religious too but it's also this like aspect of they have um, like seraphim and then the nephilim and like the nephilim are like evil and they're like but they're all very like tall and like very attractive and stuff like that so I think it'd be a really interesting story because it's kind of more of a romance between well from what I remember it's kind of like a romance between the brothers and like this one girl and like nothing happens from what I remember, but they like they do love her. I don't know if it's really like sexually romantic, but it's definitely like they loved they loved her. And she was like basically kind of being groomed into being like this Nephilim's uh, wife, and she did not want to be. And so it was it was a I really I really really liked that book when I read it, and oh, I think I have it actually. I never yeah. heard of it. Yeah, it's um. It's interesting, and so it's just about them kind of surviving in this like place where they, you know, they know that this flood is coming because they know what's going to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was it was interesting. I love like stuff that mixes biblical with like fiction. So like to me, I was like, this is perfect, <laughs> you know. So I think that, I think that'd be an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, and I think that they could do a lot with it without it being too. Because it is kind of a kid's book. Mm-hmm. So you could do a lot with it without, like, ruining it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. my answer. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Movie that always makes you happy. Oh, wait. You didn't answer yours. I said number the oh, stars. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Uh, <coughs> movie that always makes you happy or makes you feel better. The Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, and The Parent Trap, too. I would say pretty mm-hmm. much any Nancy Myers movie is yeah. going to be, yeah. yeah. If I uh, if I turn in, like, It's Complicated or The Holiday or Parent Trap, yeah, anything by Myers is going to be like, <sighs> it's like, this is just so cute, you know? So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I do watch the movie Aloha a lot on the in the background. I put it on. And it makes me feel happy. That's good. <laughs> is that one with Emma Stone? Yeah, and Bradley, and Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Okay, right. this is the last one. And then okay. we're done. We don't have All one. right. 
something you want to see more of in movies well that's easy sex no i'm just kidding (laughs) um something i want to see more of i think this is so simple but i just would love when people are on the phone to say goodbye (laughs) (laughs) yes no i agree i totally agree it's like they're like they'll just hang up and 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 i'm and i'm like if someone just hung up i may be like rude (laughs) yeah i i agree that's actually a really good one i also would like to see more eating because it bothers me when there's like they're sitting down at, at, to eat like at a restaurant or something and they, and I know why they do it because actors don't want to eat the same thing right, all day long right. but you know what suffer for, your, be Brad Pitt. suffer for your job okay because <laughs> I like I like to see like it's fun I don't know right uh, so yeah okay yeah yeah nice nice all right thank Was you Amber? Amber yeah thank thanks, you Amber, Amber. all right are you ready to talk about the movie I'm ready let's do it Okay, so I know you've seen this before. I've seen it. Once. I have never seen it. What year it. did it come out? I think it was like 2014. Yeah, that's about when I saw it, so it's been a while. Uh, do you want to give a synopsis? Sure. So, um, uh, Mark and Dave Schultz are both uh, Olympic gold medalists in wrestling. And Mark gets approached by a guy named John DuPont, who is a multi-millionaire slash billionaire. This was like the eight, like the mid eighties. So I kind like of eighty seven, eighty seven. Yeah. So I had to do some like calculations too because I was curious as to what like how much things were and equivalent to how much they are today. You know. So uh, we'll get into that later. So he offers uh, Mark. He's like, move into my place. I'm a coach. I want like I want to take you to the top. I want you to be the best that you can be. And Mark's like, sure. And he kind of trying to, he tries to convince his brother to go, but his brother's like, I have a family. I don't really want to go. And uh, <clears throat> later, there's a lot of bad blood between John and Mark, understandably so, because John's a piece of shit. And, <laughs> and uh, basically, John uh, pays Dave a, a shit ton of money to come and move there with his family and, and start wrestling. And then he kills him. And we don't know why. And that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John kills Dave. So, <clears throat> so what do you think of the movie? I really like this movie. I think it's like a slow burn. It's very quiet. It's it very, is a very thoughtful. Slow burn. It's very evenly paced. Uh, I think the performances are really good. I really like the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think it's it's almost as compelling to me as Whiplash was in a, in a totally different way because yeah, yeah. they're very different movies but it's I can actually it see sort that because I, you I was actually me thinking really that fast. Is, yeah um, what did you think I liked Sounds it like you liked it I did like it I did like it I wanted to see it uh, ever since I had heard about the story because I was like whoa that's a crazy story yeah based on a true story yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it's based on a true story I should have said it before but um, I just was like what the fuck this is an insane story and and I did a bunch of research on John DuPont after this because I was like, why did he kill him? Why? Like, why? I, yeah. like, I had to know. And I was like, I want to know. <laughs> I like, want to know. Sometimes, like, there are there are murders that um, 
there doesn't need to be a reason behind them because the person who's murdering is just like wants to just murder. But this was not that case. Well, I mean, you assume it's not that case. But you just don't ever find out why John DuPont was like, fuck you. Pew, pew, pew. You're dead. You know? And it is, it, it's, it, it's like, what? <laughs> it's wild. You're like, what? What? Yeah. What just happened? He just fucking shot the guy. And then, and yeah. And, um, <clears throat> so Steve Carell. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, it's amazing. He's really, he, it, I'm if I had not known that was him other than kind of slightly recognizing his voice I don't know if I would have known that was him I would have been like that guy looks familiar but I can't quite put my finger on it you know every once in a while like just seeing a picture of him without any context I might feel the same way but because I've watched The Office so much, yeah. <laughs> there were a few moments in the movie, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I just mean I recognize Steve Carell. Yeah, because like, yeah. like when he uh, when he cleared the stuff off of the trophy shelf, and he's like, "Horses suck." <laughs> Did you jump the thing over the thing? Did you? And he was like, and I was like, this sounds like a Michael Scott rant for like <laughs> very like, lightly, like a Michael. It was funny. And like, actually, I was kind of thinking the same yeah, thing. It reminded me of that a little it bit. It amused <laughs> me. I liked it, but mm-hmm. I definitely it was like if I was watching this movie and by if I didn't know it was him by now, I would definitely know it was him. Not in a bad way because right. he, he still was in character. It's just oh, yeah, it was yeah. a very Steve Carell way of like <laughs> putting down suck. horses. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, so Vanessa. Redgrave plays his mom. Yeah. You know that she's Natasha Richardson's mom? I did know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jolie Richardson. I did know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I didn't realize that she was in this movie and I love her. Like everything I've seen her in, I'm always like, I was like, oh my God, I love Vanessa Redgrave. So I was very excited to see her because I think she's great. So um, that was kind of exciting. But he, yeah, Steve Carell does such a good job at like, and, like, did you notice as he was peering, like, th- like it kind of looked like he had a hard time looking over his prosthetic yeah, nose? I think that, because you pointed that out, and I think you're right, that maybe his prosthetic, prosthetic, prosthetic <laughs> nose <laughs> gave him more of, like, this weird, aloof vibe. But it was actually maybe because he was having trouble he literally couldn't seeing see. around it. But I think it worked really well, if that was the case, that he couldn't see around it. Because yeah. sometimes he would just, like, stare, like, weirdly, like, down at things yeah like with with an elevated like head and i thought that that just made him seem more aloof and bonkers and weird and untouchable and i really liked that i did too his weird uh pausey way of talking where he would just kind of like talk and then stop and then talk and then just walk away and people were just like so on edge like, yeah and i couldn't like i couldn't tell if it, i was actually creeped out by him or if it was because i just knew the story you know and i think as the time went on i was like no i think i'm definitely creeped out by him but initially i was like i cannot tell if the vibe that this guy is giving off because i know what he's gonna do or because he's actually giving off a weird vibe, you know? Yeah, he definitely would. He would definitely, if I met him in real life, as if I met the Steve Carell version in real life, I would definitely uh, resort to talking too much because he didn't talk enough. <laughs> like, yeah. I had a manager like that when I was working at the movie theater. There was a manager who I would dread being alone with him, like, counting the money because I was supervisor for a little while. And he would just say things... Like and what? Just like outbursts of things like, oh, what is this? 
oh where, um, where did this thing go and i'd be like wait like 10 seconds and i'd be like is he talking to me is he not God. talking to me and then i'd say i would say to him oh what was that and guess what he never would answer back to my original point <laughs> somebody like steve carell's character would probably make me give more information than i needed to give like <laughs> My yeah. flight was really good. It was kind of bumpy. The stewardess came around twice, which I thought was really cool. You know, <laughs> I know yeah. what I mean. Like later, you're like, why did I tell them about the band aid I found in the yeah. pool? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just because they're so like, weirdly removed. You're from like, and, and earlier today, I stubbed my toe. <laughs> just this thing in like the middle of the thing and i was just like why am i doing that and you're like oh my god stop talking um i know i am um, my actually the boss that i had mentioned um last episode the one whose name starts with um um <clears throat> they also would do the same thing where they would like be talking to themselves and i i'm like are they talking to me are they no they were always talking themselves yeah. <laughs> anyway so yeah i thought mr dupont john dupont was was a lot like that and that immediately put me on edge you know i and i saw the movie but it was so long ago i don't know if i mentioned this because i said it to you off so i'm just gonna say it again i saw the movie it was so long ago though there was, was little like things that i ago. didn't remember yeah. so a lot of it was kind of like watching a new movie so even though i but i knew the story so even though i knew it i still think that his demeanor and his manner was just unsettling yeah. in and of itself like even yeah. though i didn't even if i didn't know what was gonna happen right you know it was yeah he was he was really like ugh, unnerving but so i wanted to talk a little bit because i did some more research so i wanted to talk a little bit about um uh channing tatum's his whole face situation oh my mom called him um tatum channing once <laughs> and i thought that was like it works it's like the tatum channing if you flip his name around it's still a name <laughs> like neam leeson yeah she called and i said i think i said this before blake lively she called her live blakely once which works <laughs> blakely. but tatum channing i think it's like tatum channing it yeah, works yeah it works. tatum o'neill that's a person that's what i said it, it works yeah yeah um so i found this from buzzfeed and uh dennis lydiard who served as tatum's personal makeup artist on fox catcher he transformed the actor's face to replicate what happens to actual wrestlers faces after years in the ring yeah i saw he had like a cauliflower ear yeah the, mm -hmm. so the face flattens out and the nose gets smashed and what he did was he used a dental device to push out tatum's gum line and chin uh, plumpers to widen and flatten the nose and shading to make his forehead look broader. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. And, well, because I noticed as I was like looking at his mouth and I was like, God, his jaw looks really weird. Like, I don't think he yeah, normally like, has that. He had like an underbite almost. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, he had like a very like sticky out like jaw. Like a bulldog sort of look. Yeah. 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 And I was like, I'm, I'm like, I've seen plenty of Channing Tatum movies. Tan Tate Tatum Channing. <laughs> Tatum Channing movies and um and I was like and I never remember him looking like that so I was like okay this has to be makeup so then I looked it up because I was too curious but um I do have I have a lot of notes look at how many notes I have you've got so many notes <laughs> I have so many notes it's yeah. gonna be great more notes than the lake has boats <laughs> yeah i really liked what uh the creepy thing they did with steve carell's teeth he was he had like tiny baby teeth yeah, and they too, looked yeah. kind of like brown yellowy brownie i did like, notice just, that too yeah i was and like and then the nose the giant uh, imagine steve carell needing a nose prosthetic <laughs> i know <laughs> i know his nose guys already got a pretty yeah. big no big honker you should watch um 
There's a clip from like Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis and him where they're just insulting each other. Like Zach Galifianakis is insulting Steve Carell's nose, and Steve Carell is insulting his weight. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? Yeah, I should watch it. (laughs) He said something like Zach Galifianakis is like, if you're doing the backstroke in the water, do people think there's a shark? <laughs> that's pretty good yeah. <laughs> anyway yeah so yeah no he definitely had even a bigger yeah even, like that's what i was wondering i'm like is he having a hard time seeing because it was so big um but i don't know yeah i noticed that teeth too and i was i was like i don't think those are his real teeth they're like little no they were not his real teeth yeah. either that or he's been wearing fake teeth this whole time <laughs> Those teeth are really creepy. Yeah, because yeah, he, like, I, I was like, I'm pretty sure he's, like, a normal, nice smile, you know, mm-hmm. but he never really smiled as John. I mean, if he did, it was, like, very small. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, I wanted to tell you that, um, <clears throat> so when John approached Mark, he offered him what is now... About seventy k a year. Oh wow! Because mm-hmm. he said twenty five thousand. Yeah, and I was like, mm. <laughs> I was like, this is this has been like forty. No, well, like yeah, thirty four years, thirty four years. And uh, and I and I was like, okay, so and I did like the calculation online, and and I was like, okay, so it's it's about doubled basically. So nice. anything you see can is is yeah. Um, so he was offering him seventy k a year, which is pretty fucking decent. You know, I liked how Mark was trying to get Dave on board, and Mike Mark was like. He asked me to just. He asked me for a number, so I just gave him the highest number I could think of, twenty five thousand. When he and I said was that, like, I was Geez. like, "That's the highest number you can think of." And I mean, I'm not. I'm even talking. I'm even talking in like 1987. Oh yeah, money. no, same here. Like, yeah, I can like okay. Let's say the equivalent. Like, I, I thought of the biggest number I could think of, seventy thousand dollars, and I'd be like, "You didn't even go for like a hundred? Because I would have. I would have said like. I would have said one fifty. I mean, you always start too high, and then work. Oh down, yeah, or you, know? you go. What is your? Yeah. How high do you? No. Uh, you you give what you want. <laughs> um, well, I because I've heard in uh, in job interviews or whatever when they're like, huh, "What's your what's your uh, range?" You go what is your range oh. and then you do it based on that because well couldn't they just give you a lower range like they could just be like our range is 30,000 to 32,000 but I could say I want 50,000 <laughs> and their range is actually 45 to 70,000 I mean I'm, I'm you know? hoping that they're not lying you know I, <laughs> so. I don't know so I thought that yeah. that was interesting but I totally agree with you because he said like 25,000 I was like that's chump change yeah but i like that it's a a window into like he's he's just like an innocent good person he's not out to like usurp anybody from money and this opportunity that he's being given is is like an amazing opportunity and he's not taking advantage and i think that's a really cool picture into how one of them is going into it yeah thinking i'm gonna train and i'm gonna get the olympic gold medal again and the other one is who knows why john dupont did all this probably to like make himself feel more like a man or something i don't know or well i actually have something that might i think i read what you're gonna talk about you do his testicles yes that's actually exactly go ahead and tell people yeah so he lost both of his testicles in a horse riding accident um 
which could be why he hated horses. I don't know when it happened. I didn't. I didn't it see said, that. I think in, on Wikipedia on, it said like in his thirties. Okay, it was yes. vague. It said in his thirties. That's all I oh. saw. But. So this was this was on all that all that's interesting dot com. But um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> like that. I mean, it's like. That kind of almost is like not like the definition of manhood because I obviously don't want to disinclude people who are transgender or anything like that. But you know, like it's like the same with like a woman. A woman doesn't want to lose her breasts. Well, a man doesn't mm-hmm. want to lose her te- their their testicles. Well, his testicles, you know, and so. testicles are. Um, I mean, they are connected to the pituitary gland, aren't they? Right. I think. Oh, I think that they have to do with testosterone. I think so right? too. I think so. so yeah. I think that's why like castrating a younger boy he won't like his voice won't drop you know because the testicles are connected to that so uh, your testosterone levels might go down if you lose your testicles which would you'd think would make him more mm, less shooty (laughs) but i mean if you don't like (laughs) i don't know i I think if you don't want to be that way yeah and you feel like an inch like so like you said let's just talk about cisgendered men who want to be cisgendered men Mm -hmm. just so i because i don't want to offend anybody either so a man who wants to be a man it it loses his testicles like that would be a life-changing event oh yeah so i mean it'd be devastating and on top of that he's one of like the wealthiest one of the wealthiest men in america so whatever erratic behavior he can exude he has the money to do it yes and like if you just have an injury that doesn't affect your gender or like sex i guess not like intercourse i get get you sex (laughs) yeah like even if you even if you just like lost a leg or something that would be a a huge life change oh yeah big time even if you just if you just casually no well you can grow it back like (laughs) losing a leg losing a leg isn't even connected to like your sex hormones or your like pivotal hormones right but it still is a mega life change so i imagine losing something like your testicles when you're not wanting to you know you're not trying to have an operate like a sex change operation or something or transition that would be devastating oh yeah yeah well and it sounds like he was going through he had he was very mentally ill is you know i mean it's i think sure I think probably the testicles are part of maybe why he felt like he needed to have all this, um, you know, control and power over these guys, you know, Mark and and Dave and and the rest of the wrestlers uh, that joined them later. But, like, I mean, I couldn't believe how quickly he cut off Mark, you know, just with, because Mark is like, oh, I gave the guys a day off. And then... I don't know if he cut him. I think Mark cut date i think well, no, i don't mean like John off. i don't mean like cut him off i mean like just he just clearly showed a sign of being like what you want doesn't matter it only matters what i want and because of that it he called him like an ape yeah he said you ungrateful ape and he likes like yeah and just for letting the guys off the morning well, like I was there more think, to it did yeah, i miss that that the scene right before that was when his mom insulted wrestling like he showed his mom right. the trophy he won and he's like you know and, and she's like you can put it in the trophy room but i don't like wrestling it's a low sport and i don't like seeing you being low like she basically insulted this thing that he really liked yeah I, you know and insulted, very passionate about insulted his trophy and insulted his accomplishments so then he went immediately to the gym and nobody was there and i think it was just a matter of like 
bad timing, I think. But he also, yeah. no, but also, like, mentally ill, like you said. And so I think it's a combination of that. But it's, like, this emotion that I think he probably wanted to, like, kill his mother, maybe. But he couldn't, so he yeah. had to take it out on somebody else. I mean, that's possible. And I, so I read more on, on all that's interesting.com is that, um, he also it also said that he had older siblings that like barely acknowledged him so in the movie it said he told mark that he had a friend growing up but then he learned that his mom was paying the friend to be his friend i was like so he probably had problems his whole life i don't yeah i assume that the incident okay if it's real that his mom paid a According friend. According to all that's interesting, it is well, I mean, real. If so. it's real that, that his mom paid a friend, I mean. Right, right. Um, then he probably was mentally ill his whole life. And the testicle well, no, incident that's just what I meant, didn't the, help. The friend being paid was, oh, it was wasn't, on there as well? it wasn't all that's okay, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm sure that he had mental problems forever. Oh, yeah. And I think it's, it's almost... And that level of devastation, too, when you're that young, I think could really, really mess with your mind. Yeah, you know? I would think so. Yeah. I mean, he... So he he grew up, I guess, maybe kind of just weird and outsider. He had older siblings that barely paid attention to him. It sounded like they were a lot older than him, like maybe like 10 plus years. So maybe it was just like, you're just too young and I just don't have any, like I can't identify with you because you're just a baby, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which happens. But, um, and then, you know, finding out that his mom, like... <laughs> His mom clearly believes that he cannot make his own friends, which is very evident by the fact that she paid someone to be his friend. And then he had to pay people later. Yeah, as well, well. And, and then yeah. you and then you find out that you think the person that you think is your best friend in the world is just being paid to be there for you. Like, mm-hmm. holy! Like, I can't even imagine the impact that would have. Like, someone my age could maybe. Um, like yeah it'd be it'd be devastating but you could kind of like maybe work past it like sure it'd still be like really fucked up but when you're 16 and your mind is like just just really starting to develop i i I can't i that is a trauma that i think would end up like following him again like the rest of his life Mm -hmm. like what you said he's paying people to be his friends you know and he's saying okay actually i think this is a good part to talk about um so when they're on the porch and he says like oh mark you're a good friend or whatever and he was like what is he doing like cutting his hair or something like that or he was shaving him mark was shaving john yeah yeah (laughs) which was a very intimate act i was like okay that's a little yeah very intimate between it it was a weird it was a weird scene because mark suddenly had like frosted tips on his hair and then mark (laughs) was sort of like trying to start a wrestling move on him in a weird like way after he had shaved him and i was like which i thought was kind of cute i thought that was kind of endearing but (laughs) yeah no i think it's endearing but um it was it was just a weird dynamic all of a sudden between them yeah big time well and then so then they go on the plane to the the um the helicopter the heli yeah the helicopter to uh the where mark is gonna announce him and he like speech Yeah. yeah and he's like uh, when my parents got divorced at oh, age yeah. two, John has been like a father figure to me. And I was like, 
he didn't write this like yeah, mark did well, not write this john wrote this for him and i was so like it disturbed me i felt very like weirded out by that i was like oh i'm like what if mark doesn't feel that way about you yeah i really <laughs> like how that was revealed because they're in the helicopter and john hands him a piece of paper and mark's like what is this and john's like well this this is how you'll introduce me. Yeah. And so Mark starts reading the beginning. But, but then you gets, never like get past he gets it. Stuck right. On the like the bigger words like philanthropist and the other one. I can't remember the other one. It was one. like philaterer or something like that. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. But, but I they like were, how they were like repeating it back and yeah, forth to each other. And that's yeah. when John started John was snorting cocaine and that's he got Mark snorting cocaine. And I thought that was weird because Mark was like, I don't think I, I should. And John goes, It's cocaine. It's not gonna kill you. And I was like, This guy's trying to go to the Olympics. <laughs> he can't be doing cocaine. Uh, yeah. Also, cocaine could definitely kill you. I know. But anyway, as I was watching that, I was like, right, except for like the fillator, fact that you could overdose uh, on it, but whatever. Yeah, but I was but like, then, he has a whole cocaine kit. He's a kit, yeah, like like a little what? like pocket cocaine. And kit. And you know that guy's got like some stellar cocaine because he's Probably, super rich. He's, so rich. <laughs> he's got like the Colombian like <laughs> like. Uh, let me just call up my personal bestie, um, Pablo Escobar. <laughs> And because so Pablo Escobar was still alive, and oh. he died in '93. So, or oh. I think '93. Anyway, did was, he die? He got shot. Oh, so he, he was killed. he wasn't in prison or something. He was uh, importing cocaine I, the whole time. I don't Let's know. Not, I think you don't have to worry about it. I know, um, but I'm curious. <laughs> um, anyway, I, th- I think he got killed. Oh, okay. I mean, it's kind of like one of those things. Where if you're a big drug lord, sure. It's. I was just wondering if he got captured because that's what happened to his mentor, Griselda Blanco. She got. She actually probably would have been fine the rest of her life, but then she made. This is totally off topic. But then she made like two documentaries called Cocaine Cowboys, and they figured out where she was based on those, and mm. that's how they killed her. She oh. probably would have lived to an old age if she just hadn't made those, but... Oh, wow. And she had a young, hot little piece, and he was like, let's make some documentaries. And she's like, okay, I'm a terrible person. She was, so she kind of had it coming. But, like, yeah. <laughs> she was, like, a really bad person. So, <laughs> that's not... <laughs> anyway. Back I to like, the cocaine kit. <laughs> so, there, so, he does cocaine in the, mm-hmm. in the chopper, and then they get to this, like event i was like i was like yelling speech. at the screen i was like don't do it why are you doing cocaine i thought it was weird uh and then and then you he's reading the speech and you think i i thought it was a really creative technique because he's stumbling over the words in the helicopter and then we never see him say those words in the in the actual speech when he's yeah. actually giving it the the scene pops in at the end of the speech and that's and it's cool because We'd, we'd ever know if he stumbled right. over the words or not but then there's something even more insane is that he reads this thing like he told john when they first met that his parents separated when he was two years old and john put it in this speech and as john divor- wrote, divorced like, yeah parent, I, I lost my you know my parents divorced when i was two years old and i've been looking for a father figure ever since and if that was me reading it i'd be like what i know i'm and like then it, it kind of shows <laughs> so after so oh <laughs> it was very like n- full of narcissism yeah well in in after he finished with the speech and john comes up john's like thank you son and it shows mark going off like behind backstage and i couldn't tell if he was like sort of chewing on the fact that he just said those words or if he was just high on cocaine and <laughs> trying to get his bearings but it, it, you know right. you, you don't really know and maybe that's 
kind of nice ambiguity, I guess. But I really liked earlier because yeah, I didn't, I didn't. It didn't seem like it bothered him, but it bothered me yeah. like a lot. Like mm-hmm. I was like, that is a really weird thing to write. Like you, you're his employer. You are not. Like you're not really friends, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like you kind of can I be, do. but listen, I've been friends with my employer, and it's not a good idea. I can tell you that it's better to just have that distance business, and let's just keep a business. So I do. Yeah. I do think that um, Mark liked the fact that he was out from under his brother's shadow, and he yeah. was sort of like forging off on his own, and somebody believed in him, and he was there, and he was doing it without his brother, and I kind of think that maybe he did latch on to John a little bit, because he was willing to shave him after that and everything, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I really liked earlier in the movie when John was like, you can call me Eagle, people call me Eagle or Golden Eagle, or you can call me Coach or John. <laughs> It's like telling telling someone that people call you eagle or golden eagle. It's like obviously people don't call you that. Put that pen down. And then and then he says uh, when he's introducing him, he's like, "Uh, "I'd like to introduce John Eagle Dupont or whatever." (laughs) And I thought, "Oh boy, that eagle eagle thing." So I thought something I wanted to mention is that Mark at the beginning had such like a quiet, almost boring existence. Like Mm -hmm. there wasn't even much. He he lived in just kind of like a quiet single apartment and it showed him at night like playing game boy and there was like no tv or music playing and it was it like just, really dim in there yeah and he was early he had like the movie opens with him talking at a school and mm-hmm. he's not a super dynamic public speaker no. and then you find out that his brother dave was supposed to be there because they both won gold but uh, for some reason dave couldn't be there and then when you meet dave you're like oh yeah dave would have been a much better speaker yeah, pa- yeah. played by mark ruffalo which was a really good part for which him mark and ruffalo i feel like is just maybe like an angel <laughs> like irl um he was so sweet in this role i loved him in this role like just he was like really loved his brother like it was i mean he felt like a father to his mm-hmm. brother because he basically raised him is what it sounds like yeah um but i feel like anytime i see mark ruffalo and like anything i'm like it's an angel on earth <laughs> he's just a precious angel he just seems like he's a very sweet guy you know he does seem really nice yeah, yeah. i thought the score was very pretty at times uh for a lot example of ambient noise yeah there wasn't a lot of score but Mm-mm. um when Mark packed up his things and drove to Pennsylvania to live at the DuPont like complex. There was a really p- pretty melody playing, and I thought that that was interesting. Like, it's the first time we'd heard music around him mm-hmm. really, and and he got like a hamburger and ate it in his car after the the speech. And it just seemed so lonely and sad. And he trained he with does, his brother. Yeah. He trained with his brother, and his brother has a wife and two kids. But Mark's just kind of like a lone wolf. But like so quiet and and lonely and so i think that's probably why dupont was able to bring him on Mm -hmm. because he was sort of like a tumbleweed you know but not in like an adventurous sort of way kind of in like a um i i don't want to say sad vulnerable is better because i think he he was happy with his life like he had won gold at the olympics in 1984 which is a tremendous accomplishment and then i know like when he was like what else do you want to accomplish i was like um i've accomplished everything i want to accomplish i want a fucking gold medal at the olympics (laughs) and and you find out that he has this like weird weird patriotic streak Mm -hmm. and dupont like really tapped into that and dupont was like 
And when he, well, when Mark was sort of trying to pitch it to his brother Dave for Dave to come along, he was like, you know, this DuPont guy, he's like saying everything I'm thinking, like America has lost its moral center and America needs like a, a mentor or like a, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like, like a, a savior? No, like it's a, like someone to look up to. Like a leader, hero? Like a leader hero? Like a hero thing. <laughs> you know, like somebody that they can look, like a role model to look right. up to and stuff. That, and, I think that works. And so, and so you find that he has this like weird patriotic passion and and anyway, so I just, yeah, like vulnerable is a good way of putting it. That he was just in the right frame of mind or whatever to be taken in by DuPont. and Which is maybe why DuPont, like, you know, approached him first or whatever, you well, know? Yeah, well, he, he I guess wanted he didn't really both know of him them. Though, but he wanted both of them. But I think he definitely took advantage when Mark was, like, the only one there. But... There was a scene early when when Mark was training with Dave, and Mark was like, "Have you been calling my house and hanging up? Because my vo- my my answering machine has all kinds of hangups. Do you think that was Dupont? Like oh God, I and, forgot about and that. Like if nobody answered, they just hang up or something, or was it inconsequential? I thought it was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And then they never really mentioned it again. Mm-hmm. I kind of like I totally forgot about that. Um, that's a good question. I could see it being DuPont. Because he seems like sort of the eccentric sort of guy who'd be like, oh, you didn't pick up? I'm not going to leave a message. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's not anyone else. It wouldn't be anyone else. Like, who would be calling him, yeah. Right, because the only other person really be calling him is Dave, because it doesn't seem like he's a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. And I don't just, Dave doesn't seem like that type of person. Well, Dave was like, what are you talking about? No. You know, like, Dave just blew it off. He didn't know what Mark was even after, you know? Right. I think it's possible. Did you know, did done. you realize that the guy in the helicopter with him was Anthony Michael Hall? <laughs> at first, I, I was, did not. It was so. At first, I was like, "Is that Anthony Michael Hall?" And then I was like, "I don't think it is." And then I was like, "It might be though." And then they showed him without the glasses, and I was like, "Fuck, that is Anthony Michael Hall." I didn't. I would. I would not have known it was him. But Mike said, "Oh, Anthony Michael Hall is in this." We didn't watch it together. I was just telling him what movie we were watching, and I. And then I was like, "Geez, if I didn't know he was in it, I would not have realized that was him." He's yeah, really him. aged, but <laughs> well, I used to watch um, this show. He was in called The Dead Zone, oh. and so and he looks pretty. He looked pretty similar to then. Um, obviously, he looks a lot different now than he looked in the eighties. Clearly, because a lot of time has passed. But um, yeah, I was like a big fan of that show i think it was called the dead zone but he could like see he could like touch things and then like see the past or like the future whatever so he's kind of like psychic um but uh yeah no i i recognized him not immediately though because of the glasses but then when he yeah because i yeah yeah he was also in halloween kills Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. He was a, like, a, he's like, what? Kill Michael Myers. And then Michael Myers was like, just kidding, bitches. I'll never die. And then you're like, great. We're going to do this again. Another Halloween movie. Just kidding. I'm totally on board. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jamie the Curtis. Also, Jody, Judy Greer's in it. And she's pretty badass in that, too. Oh, so. yeah. mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't suggest watching them unless you're really into Halloween movies. <laughs> Not. Yeah, not the holiday <laughs> but like series <laughs> okay. I get it thank you <laughs> okay 
I wanted to talk about Dave and Mark's relationship. I okay. really, really liked their relationship. Um, Me too. So the first, at the first, like the um, worlds or whatever, the world championship mm-hmm. competition. Um, that's the first competition that Mark goes to with the Dupont with Fox Catcher Fo- Fox Catcher Farms, mm-hmm. and uh, he goes to Dave's hotel room and. Dave is Dave is there with his wife and his two kids and his two kids are being loud and noisy like kids would be, and he brings John Dupont in and, and introduces them and they're just kind of like hey how's it going you know and then yeah and like Dupont, with Sienna Miller who I didn't even realize was Sienna Miller yeah <laughs> I didn't like it was a weird role for her because she was sort of like she was just really not a very normal big looking and yeah. just like in the background yeah and uh, so John Dupont was like he kind of like said hello and shook dave's hand but then he left and then mark was really mad he was like oh i gotta go and i was like okay i guess you're just gonna like not even have a conversation but all right yeah and uh mark was kind of like miffed at that he was like you guys couldn't even get up and like come over and and nancy who's sienna miller is like Mark, don't yell at us. You're in our hotel room, and so well, Mark she said came, hi. Yeah, like, I, I know they were I, totally fine to him. It's just you know, yeah. Well, like, and I think Mark's almost expecting them to like roll out the red carpet yeah. for this guy, but I'm like, just because he has money doesn't mean that he's going to be treated in any yeah, like well, su- super special way. You yeah, know? like yeah, they they don't owe him anything, so just saying hi, I think is fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he brings like a video cassette tape, and he's like, you know, he's at, he's gonna ask Dave for like advice on his opponent the next day, but he gets too mad, so he leaves. And I like that Dave follows him, and Dave's like, Mark, Mark, Mark. And you think he's gonna like apologize, but he doesn't. He just gets straight to business. He's like, okay, your opponent's gonna lift his arm like this, and you want to lift your arm, you know? And he's mm-hmm. just giving him this like instruction in the hallway, and I I really like that relationship because i think that's very brotherly like brothers don't right. have these like schmaltzy moments they just like listen stop being an ass i'm your brother i'm gonna help you you know what i mean yeah i yeah. i feel like big time it's like hey um stop being stop with that fucking attitude all mm-hmm. right i'm gonna teach you how to win here it's like okay yes that's that's right uh i the whole thing with so he like went on this like so mark went on this almost like bulimic oh at the next at the next at the olympic trials yeah Yeah. um yeah so okay so i'm like they're all like (laughs) mixing together but so um and he like went on that massive binge and like ate a bunch of junk food and then he was like what like 12 pounds over whatever so they had 90 minutes to just like make him work it off i was like that is insane it was nuts it was i mean I was like, how is he going to even, like, have enough strength to compete? I thought the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. Because he just worked out for 90 minutes straight. And, like... Intense working out. Intense, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, even if you are a person who works out a lot, that's still, like, that's a lot of energy that you're expelling. Mm -hmm. Um, And not only that, but you're sweating a lot because you're trying to lose, like, the water weight, um, essentially, which is, is what is happening. And so he has, like, this you know, hoodie on and so like over his head. So he's like, I mean, it's just, I, I was like, I, I would think he'd be just exhausted, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess he's, that's the Olympic athlete in him, you know? <laughs> I mean, I think that that's just like, I guess that's just part of it, you know, when you yeah. have to be in a certain weight class and if he's not in that weight class, then he, can he even 
compete you know i don't i don't know yeah i don't know my guess is probably not that's what i was thinking too because it'd be like an unfair advantage or something right and he's like making him puke and everything and that bar was pretty gross i yeah. thought they really they really showed the puking a, a little <laughs> bit too much and the coughing yeah i i was like i was like is is channing tatum really puking because it yeah, kind of almost it looked like it seemed like it sounded it like it as well like, it was pretty gross i wanted to talk so that scene at worlds um i really like because prior Wait, the puking to that, scene or well no i don't like the puking scene, but yes that's what i mean like the puking like the scene where he like binges right. so prior to that was um after him and john had like that weird falling out where actually like mark sort of distanced himself from john and john mm-hmm. kept trying to talk to him and stuff but mark didn't want anything to do with john and, understandably and I john the was same like damn way and john was like i don't care what it takes i'm gonna get your brother here because throughout the movie until that point he kept saying like i want dave to come where's dave and i think mark was getting sort of resentful Oh, yeah. Of the fact well, that, like, John kept wanting to The fact that he slapped him and he called yeah. him an ape, it probably yeah. does not help and he that told, situation either. Yeah, and he told John, he's like, no, Dave and his family are settled. They don't want to move around mm-hmm. a lot, and Dave can't be bought. And But John, we don't know what the dollar amount is, but John found a way to buy him. So he, he brought did. Dave to Foxcatcher. I'm so curious as to what he offered him. I know, him. me too. It's it was probably like, in the I would book or something. I would expect, but. like, quarter of a million <laughs> Well, yeah, I probably like, definitely one, not seventy thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, because um, if I was, if it was me, if I was Dave, I'd be like, "Why don't you quadruple that? I've got four people in my family. Yeah. Let's do it. For you each can of do us. that. Yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah no, like, big time. I would do more than that. I'd be like, I'd be like two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, so Dave finally comes on board, and he comes to Foxcatcher Farms, which is the name of their like wrestling team, mm-hmm. and um. Oh, as an aside, I really want to say that something that I really love is like old footage and photographs, and I liked <laughs> that the movie. The movie was peppered with those of Me what too. you can assume is the Dupont family, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Just like I really, I that really was, like, like the it. real, like real actual footage of I them. I was wondering you know? because it, it it seemed very specific, and some of the horses had like the foxcatcher like blankets on them, you know. Well, and it seemed but, like. It seemed like the footage was like too old looking to actually be like faked oh, into yeah, being old. Time. You know it what I mean? You can seemed, definitely tell. It definitely seemed like real old footage, and I yeah. assume it was the Duponts, but I don't know. Oh, in that video that they gave Mark to watch on his first <laughs> night there was just like Duponts, the wealthiest family in America. I was wondering, was like, I was kind of hoping there'd be like more juicy details mm-hmm. on that. Like they'd be like, and then so and so caused something really bad i can't think no, of anything they wouldn't put it in that that was like a mo- that was like a video like pumping up the family i know i know yeah. that's true i was like my first that was a malaria outbreak and then i was like that doesn't really work <laughs> like sure malaria outbreak the, yeah he released all his mosquitoes, mosquitoes. <laughs> i actually grow and groom mosquitoes <laughs> i grow them yeah do you they- have a bog <laughs> <laughs> a bog is that a reference to something? Because I don't get it. <laughs> well, bog? like mosquitoes thrive in, wa- in, in water. Like puddles. Oh. Let's and just bogs move. are water. We don't have to worry about it. We can just move on. But, <laughs> just stay um, fine just playing now. <laughs> so I like that. So anyway, so Mark is kind of resentful of the fact that Dave is there. But Mark is also like not very enthused about John either. Because no. number one, John got him addicted to cocaine. I mean, I guess... John helped get him addicted to cocaine, you know, like cocaine got him addicted to cocaine. His own decisions got him addicted co- to cocaine. Yeah, but John I knew, I knew the, that trying that the first little snort was a bad addicted. idea. Yeah, and so and then he's he's sort of like letting himself kind of like go. He's not 
practicing like dave called at one point and was like i miss you mark what's up and mark's like well i'm just kind of taking a break right now and then he didn't really talk very much but then so dave came on and my assumption part of my assumption and they never really address this outright is that perhaps in addition to a dollar amount dave just wanted to make sure mark was okay because mark wasn't really talking to him yeah so he took the job at Foxcatcher farms and mark and there's obviously like some sort of like fissure between mark and john dupont and dave is like what's going on between you and dupont why is there this like negative energy what's going on and mark won't really talk to him and then Which i didn't understand to, but i i guess i'm a person who talks about my problems versus mark does not seem like that yeah type. no they don't see like i said earlier they don't really have like smallsy conversations they talk no. about wrestling and stuff but yeah. um so then mark goes to the olympic trials and he's he says well he says to dave like dave i don't need your help i'm doing this on my own and dave's like okay so then they go to the olympic trials and he messes up his first match he loses his first match and that's when he like destroys the hotel room and goes on that oh dude binge he like shoved his head into the mirror a bunch of times i was like how is he not bleeding that is miraculous because there was glass everywhere and his head he just walked away yeah totally fine and i was like um even if you had a little scratch you'd be bleeding a lot because head wounds bleed bleed. a lot yeah yeah like i thought that that was weird that they didn't it did seem weird that there was no blood but i I mean it's not essential but it, it is kind of like more realistic you know that he'd be bleeding but it's not it's whatever it doesn't really matter but yeah no i agree i thought there'd be a lot of blood as well but um then so aggressive dave broke into the hotel room and i thought it was really sweet like dave was like listen you're my brother i'm not gonna let you go out like this and so dave helps rehabilitate him and lose that 12 pounds oh yeah he he wins his next his last match and he gets on the team and um but dave sort of like pushes like dupont tries to come in the training and dave sort of like pushes him out and then dupont like tries to come back and dave sort of pushes him out and i really really like it makes it made me kind of emotional like how dave had his back you know and dave broke into the hotel room and it's like you may you may get angry at somebody because that's what happens between people people get angry at people but like, like, he didn't want to be in Dave's shadow anymore. He wanted to do it on his own. But at the end of the day, like, Dave was the one who cared about him. Like, they had each other. And, like, who's the person in your life who will, like, see you making a mess of yourself and break into your hotel room no matter the cost? You right, know, and I right. really love the relationship between Dave and Mark. Like, that's I did too. such a beautiful part of the story. And um, if I can jump ahead just a little, and then we'll jump back because I have a couple well, actually, other things to I say. Have one other thing to say, just to add on to what you said, um, in their like first scene together, where you see them kind of like wrestling each other, I just the way that they like just the way that they interacted even though there wasn't like any it just you could just tell that they cared about each other there was no they weren't saying anything the body language and the Mm -hmm. unspoken i totally agree the connection like the chemistry between them was like how do you as actors who probably met for the first time pretty recently yeah how do you do that because they did I always wonder it was that too so well done and like in the beginning like mark broke dave's nose and dave just sort of like did like the tough guy wrestling <laughs> thing and fixed it and then they went back to it and it was right. just like how do you do that because their interactions were so brotherly mm-hmm. like you could tell that there was an underlying and they base don't level. say a lot to each yeah. other either yeah you could just tell that there's like this underlying base of love mm-hmm. but there's also all the like shitty things that brothers do to each other above it you know what i mean yeah and how do you build that it's so I, good it, it is good it's it makes me wonder 
when um one of the things that I, I think about is when people portray like a married couple and they have this like because okay the a really good example of a really great married couple is in the omen the original one with um with uh, Gregory, Gregory Peck. Peck. Yeah, him and... <laughs> thank you. Um, he and... Uh, I think her name is Lee Remini. Um, they're so comfortable with each other. And it's... Se- and, like, you're watching this and you're like, these people have been married for, like, at least a couple of years because of how comfortable they were with each other. But then you see versus the remake, which was terrible, and I would never recommend it because the original is so much better, but um, with Lee Schreiber and, and Julia Stiles, and it was like, get these two out of the same room with each other. They suck. They're horrible. Like They just like, it was like you put two strangers in a room and they're like, I guess we're supposed to act like we're married now. And they're like, um, what's your name? <laughs> you know? And like, it was just, yeah. it was just very uncomfortable watching them but when you're watching the original one you're like oh they love each other you know and it just makes me wonder like how long did you two know each other to get to that point where you can accurately portray a couple that has been together for years and years and you've only known each other for you know like do they go out do they get you know what i mean like do they like hang out with like because i can't imagine there could be like like marital training for actors you know like you have dialect coaches why not but i do also think that Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo are just like superb actors. I think so too. Um, and I've seen Channing Tatum in enough things where I think uh, you you cannot discount him. I think he's he he's he's had some movies that maybe aren't like the greatest movies, but I've seen him and I've seen him perform in things, and he definitely is super talented. And yeah. I think that this movie. And this chemistry between them is proof because, yeah, maybe they did hang out for a while. Maybe they did have, like, brotherly training classes or something. But I do also think, so like, curious. your talent, like, I think that their talent... I think so, too. ...shines through because it's so well done. And it's actually, like... Sorry. It's, like, one of the, like, one of the reasons... One of the re- Just but one. Did I say that a million times? Why I would say, like, the movie is worth watching because... The brotherly relationship is so beautiful and sad and um i think though one of the reasons at least the movie sort of exuded this is that perhaps john dupont had like an underlying jealousy because he did try that he did try the divide and conquer thing just a little bit like when mark was like i think i need to break out on my own and get out from under dave's shadow and dupont was like yeah yeah you can do it on your own we can do this we're fox catcher farms you know and and i also um and then when they were sitting on the porch and and mark was like well you know growing up dave was my only friend you know mm-hmm. and so i i wonder if that was like a motivating Wasn't he like, factor oh, now for killing I'm your friend or something yeah, yeah. and yeah. i wonder if that was like partially a motivating factor for killing dave because That's at the end of the question. day john dupont did not have mark anymore but dave would always have mark you know right right and but i also think my one criticism is that i wish that there would have been like maybe a you know like even like a 40 second scene at the end that showed mark like mark's reaction to what happened to yes. dave because they didn't they do didn't that yeah they didn't show that at all and um that was kind of disappointing because i really wanted to see something about like what like you know how he oh yeah took it. i think he would have i think channing tatum would have had a great performance showing yeah. that yeah for sure yeah and it didn't have to be like you didn't have to have like another emotional breakdown but just something you know i would have yeah. i would have liked that but i wanted to ask you a question uh so the first night that Mark is at 
the DuPont estate, and he's in the in the house that they set him up with, which was a gorgeous. It was house, a gorgeous by the house, way. but he was sleeping, and uh, John DuPont like showed up, and he's like looking in the window, and I was like that creepy face in the window <laughs> in the know. middle of the night, like that freak, like that door is in your bedroom, and he's peeking in. I oh, know. that would creep me out. I would cover that window with a curtain. I know. so fast. Um, I, what was your question? Oh, good point. I didn't actually have a... Like, <laughs> did you think it was creepy, I guess? Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I did initially, yes. But then when he was like, oh, hey, I just, I just, you know, got back from whatever. Um, I just wanted to check on you. I was like, okay, that makes more sense. But um, I did, like, immediately I was like, that's unprofessional. Yeah, it's yeah, like, pretty I was weird. Like, that's weird. Um, shit, there was something I'd wanted to say there's okay well one thing i i can't remember the other thing i wanted to say but um i was watching the way channing tatum was walking around he's kind of like very like i mean like i feel like, like he's ape-like carrying buckets. Is not the yeah. worst description like yeah. just the way he's like holding himself mm-hmm. and i was like it's so funny that he's walking around like that because he's like a trained professional dancer oh, yeah. he's probably very like graceful graceful in real life yeah um and i was just kind of curious as to what they the difference you know what i mean the difference between how he walks around in real life and how he walks. that's a good question because i always forget that he's a professional dancer i was Mm -hmm. like oh that's right he's a professional dancer yeah i mean i never saw like magic mike or anything or step up or uh, magic mike is actually a really good movie and i believe i've never done any research on this but i feel like it's like a almost like an homage or retelling of oliver twist in almost like a really interesting sort of way interesting and um i if you watch it i would like to know your thoughts because it's i think it got a bad rap because it's about male strippers but you could take out all the male stripper stuff i honestly couldn't care less about the male stripper aspect of the movie like it's it's stupid it's like it's it's the lowest hanging fruit. It's like if you made a movie about female strippers, people would be like, "Oh, it's so objectifying." But it's okay to objectify men. It's really weird. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand the psychology behind it. But that's like this, like that's like the most uninteresting part of the whole movie. But there's a story of him taking a guy under his wing, and and I, I don't know. It's like an interesting story. Like hmm. the bones of the movie, I think, are really good. But it's just unfortunate that it gets overshadowed by like the stripping story. So I would, I don't know. I guess I'd say like give it a shot sometime. See how you feel. Yeah, you told yeah. me that before, and that's that's intrigued me. Um, <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask you: Have you ever seen Out Cold? It's about yes. like the skiing mm-hmm. resort. Yeah, that's a uh, modern retelling of Casablanca. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was watching it and I was like, wow, this is a lot oh, like wow. Casablanca. That's There's true. There's even like a scene where the girl comes into the place where he works and, and um, I think his friend says something like, uh, like all the places that you had to come in, you had to come in here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that, but yeah, that makes isn't sense. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that and I was like, huh, Okay. Yeah, I like when they they do stuff like that. I think that's kind of it's. Yeah. I mean, they're they're so different from each other. Out Cold is just kind of a fun little comp comedic romp, but you know, Casablanca is about like Nazis and stuff. But <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. So it's totally possible that what you yeah. said about the thing it just seems like <laughs> seems very Oliver Twistish in mm-hmm. some ways to me. So anyway, you should look it up. Um, I'm curious now. I don't want to be told I'm wrong, so I can't. <laughs> uh, 
I really like I think it's interesting that DuPont you can tell that he's like an eccentric wealthy man because he thinks that he can just do whatever mm-hmm. like there's a scene where he's buying a tank or whatever oh and he's pissed God, because I know. the tank doesn't have this like giant gun like, on it he's like need this it's tank. Like it was supposed to come with this gun and he didn't you know he's like didn't want it and then it was so um, immature and childish the way yeah. he reacted to like he was like he was like almost having like a like a temper tantrum over it he's like i don't want it it doesn't have a gun i was like and he can and he can just like be like i don't want it even though he probably spent like a million dollars on it or whatever what is he using yeah well i don't well like they talk about like the dupont family started with ammunitions and chemicals and stuff and and um i also liked how uh oh i also liked how when they got back from the first competition that um that mark won uh, did you think it was really weird that DuPont was like, I'm going to put your medals in my trophy case. This is now the, the um, Foxcatcher trophy case. And I was like, that's my no. Olympic. I'd be like, that's my Olympic gold medal. You know, you can't get uh, if you lose your Olympic medal, you can't get a new one. It's really? Gone, it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. Mm. If it gets stolen or damaged. or Yeah, it's it's done. You don't get a new one. That kind of makes sense, though. Yeah. Um, It is. Yeah. It's like a like a wedding ring like if you get a specialized wedding ring like if you lose it you someone steals it that's it that's mm-hmm. your you know i don't know why i thought that but um i i i yes it's weird from like maybe i guess when you don't know the story but it's not weird knowing how john is as a person you know that doesn't really surprise me that's kind of like okay that seems because he's he's clearly a person that needs control you know that is sure he's definitely like if things are out of his control he slaps people and calls them apes Mm -hmm. you know and and especially with something so little as just taking the morning off like who gives a shit just let him rest you know like the body needs rest it's like they they, he said they were doing a double later tonight so it doesn't even matter they're gonna get it done um um so i guess no okay yeah i also like yes thought it was no but it just depends on the circumstance and how you view it i guess you know what i mean yeah i thought it was pretty bold to take someone's olympic medal oh, and put it in your trophy case time bold, yeah um but i also thought it was really weird like his steve carell did such a good job with like body language like he fell so awkwardly at that little gather that little celebration they were having mm-hmm. and everybody's like oh what's wrong mr dupont and then he was trying to like wrestle them i think that, that was kind he, of fun and then like kind of cute he had that awkward wrestling match where he like wrestled oh the guy. my god that one was so and, and the guy got paid yeah the guy yeah. got paid to lose or yeah. whatever so like you see anthony michael hall like just handing him a lot mm-hmm. of cash and i was yeah. like i was like oh damn i'm like so john didn't even win he just he just paid the guy yeah and everyone and i think that this is probably what is going on is that everyone is like walking around on eggshells around him because they know that he's kind of nuts and now they really know that he's kind of nuts yeah and and they're just like oh mr dupont wants it this way so we're gonna do it that yeah. way because that's what mr dupont wants and, and it's just he probably pays them a lot of money to do he that he probably does yeah and he like also the scene after they come back from worlds well i thought it was really interesting that dave knew that mark couldn't stay like mark wanted to leave and dave was like listen we can't leave i don't want to uproot my children again remember when we were kids and we kept moving from place to place like that sucks so, so, tragic, so me and though. my wife want to make it work here and, and mark was like that's fine but i can't stay and i thought it was really sweet that dave sort of like like ha- made 
arrangements for him where mm-hmm. he's like mr dupont i want to stay here and work with you but if mark leaves you still have to pay him and i was like that's yeah. pretty amazing that's that pretty it's a pretty DuPont bold agreed thing to, to do. pay him yeah and dupont's um, got the money he's fine but um i did he think just bought was, a tank he could yeah, just sell the tank right? and pay him off a couple of years we'll be fine <laughs> i thought it was really interesting that uh they were filming that documentary and they wanted dave to say that dupont was like a mentor to him and he was having a really hard time mm-hmm. saying it but then he sort of got the words out. He was like, DuPont is a mentor to me, but it took it a lot. Yeah. And I think that, I mean... Well, and I think he was he was very... Um, he was just caught up with the fact that his brother was leaving, you know? So he was kind of like, maybe it was just too much stuff, at, like too much stimulus at once, and he was kind of like, I don't know. Well, also, DuPont what? isn't a mentor to him. No, he's definitely like, not. I don't think, I think it, yeah, I think it was just like. like I, DuPont wants to be everyone's he want, father he figure. Wants he wants to, to be the mentor. Yeah. He, yeah, like he wants to be this person that everyone he looks up to. He wants to be the most important person in, yeah. in all And now people. he's the lowest of the low. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's back where he belongs. <laughs> uh, actually, he's dead, but <laughs> he died in prison like, 2010 yeah um so you want to talk about the end yeah i want to let me just make sure i wanted to make sure that there was nothing else yeah there's something else i was trying to oh there's one other thing okay i was really sad when he like let the horses out that really made me sad i didn't like that i was glad that there was no like mistreating of the horses but yeah it was, it was really, really hard gonna like burn down the it was barn hard or something. To, it was hard to watch because i don't know they just seemed confused and they'd been so well cared for well, i don't think that they were i don't think that they were like being let free i think it was just more like a symbol like i i would imagine that there's probably a paddock attached to the barn and so maybe they were just oh, running okay. on the paddock Hopefully. yeah like i think it was to me it was more like a symbolic gesture than anything yeah, else i don't his, think it was his mom died so i feel like he was kind of like plus what i think of your horse's mom yeah well, and plus to me like if you're gonna let the horses go you should probably take off the harness because that can rub against their skin and well, like really irritate he, them that's why it bothered me so much because i don't think he cared about their well-being no, i guess that's true yeah. i also thought there was really good subtext and i don't know if this i assume it, i assume everything in a movie is intentional so i will give them credit I should for hope it so. <laughs> but there was a really good subtext he walked up to one of the horse's paddocks and the horse wouldn't go near oh, him oh yeah yeah i thought that I was interesting that. i liked that a lot because i'm like yeah the horse knows that you're like an evil guy yeah and and so yeah and animals are like mm, yeah i'm good no this guy this guy's got a vibe that i'm not digging right now thanks mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah but yeah, yeah that's he, I, yeah. I did want to bring that up about the horses that was i i noticed that too that the horse was just like um no i'm I'm good thanks (laughs) yeah have a nice have a nice day or whatever i'm eating my oats (laughs) um i've got a carrot over here it's pretty delicious so it's like (laughs) 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 there's like a story of little um you know like sugar camps um let's talk about the ending because i we are we are pretty much there so yeah mark leaves mark moves off the property mark yeah, in my goes off, and Dave is still there with his family. Okay, so I want to start by saying that. Um, so he started showing a lot of signs of mental illness. I'm talking about John. Uh, he ended up kicking out two wrestlers and declared that Foxcatcher was now a KKK organization. Really? And no black wrestlers were allowed. Oh my gosh. He also pulled a machine gun <gasps> on wrestler Dan Chade. I don't I'm actually not sure if that's how you pronounce his last name, but um I believe it's pronounced Shade. <laughs> it's like C H I or C H A I D. Uh 
according to all that's interesting.com and oh this is what i want to talk to you about okay good so um i'm actually going to ask you before i say this because i don't want to influence you so <clears throat> do you think that there was um something between mark and john um let me uh okay i'll tell you my answer i read something online that oh so you did my read answer okay. well i read the wikipedia page so it might be the same but wikipedia yeah i read that um mark was upset about the weird homoerotic undertones in the movies okay okay yeah. and he in the movie and he wanted somebody to address that so i will say that if i hadn't read that i would have definitely thought like something weird is going on like john might have like um i think i in the movie without having if i hadn't read that i think i would have thought that maybe john is a closeted homosexual which also could explain why he was like so bent on like patriotism and being a good american and being a good person and being all this because he was you know trying to like compensate for something that he maybe was ashamed of or something yeah. and also like maybe why he was trying to be seen like why trying to do this masculine sport and telling his mom like i'm in charge of men real men you know and like mm -hmm. because he was he was trying to maybe cover for something that he didn't want to admit and maybe the people in his life would have looked down on i don't know probably he even looked down on it maybe because well, it, you have to remember it was, it's the 80s it's too the 80s, so. and they're like a very wealthy probably very conservative family oh yeah i would imagine and so um i would have thought that but then but I don't think that Mark was a homosexual. I think Mark was yeah. just like, like you said, vulnerable. And Mark, because they did a lot of like weirdly physical things, like the weird wrestling practice in the middle of the night. Yeah, and that was the. Um, I'm gonna say something about that after oh, you go on. And, well, and like shaving him and everything, and and like so. I would have thought that there was something on John's end, but I would not have thought that Mark reciprocated those feelings. I would have thought that Mark was almost too innocent to realize, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did read that Mark was like, I, I want somebody to address these around this, this, these homoerotic undertones, or I'm going to. So I think he was upset about how it was portrayed. Well, I can so understand in real life, too. It maybe wasn't yeah. quite so intense in real life. I don't know. Or maybe he just, I don't know. But what, what, um, I kind of agree with you. I didn't really get that vibe at all, um, except for the scene where they're wrestling at night. That yeah. seemed very, that seemed very, Intimate. like, a little sexual. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, like, especially when they show, like, a close-up of Channing Tatum's face, like, I was almost like, they're not having sex, are they? It, like, know, I was like, I, I don't think they are. But. It, I thought similarly, because, like, they show his face from, like, the chest up. So, you see him, like, in this, like, motion, which looks yeah. very thrust, like, thrusting. Right. And he does not look interested at all. No, he looks, he looks he's, like, no, He's, no, like, no, checked no. out. He kind of looks, like, maybe, like, he almost, and I mean this in the most, like, gentle way. I'm not trying to, like, flippantly throw it about, but he looks like somebody who is maybe being assaulted and is like I thought the like, same thing they're like their mind is like 10 million yes. miles away like I they're the disembodied or something thing. is that the word I don't know but yeah, yeah. no that's that's actually funny that you said that because it <laughs> that was it reminded me I was like this almost looks like he's being 
sexually assaulted yeah. and he's like nope like i'm and shutting this part of my brain down and i'm just not here right now yeah yeah that was very but it okay was quote, that unquote, scene made me like practice, really uncomfortable yeah, yeah. It, well yeah it was it, it was very and he woke okay. him up in the middle of the night and like, yeah, like yeah who does <laughs> i know yeah i know um yeah, so I, I can see from, yeah, okay. All right, I just, I was curious. That's what I wanted to ask that I, like, forgot about, so I'm glad I remembered because I yeah, really... Yeah, me too. I'm glad you brought it I up. I would have been really upset. Not mm-hmm. ups- really, not really upset, but... You would have destroyed this place. I would have been, <laughs> I would have put my head through my mirror is what I would have done several times. No blood, because I'm magic. Um, magic Mike. Magic Mike. Okay, so... So, uh, yeah, according to allthatsinteresting.com, John and Mark had a heavily implied homosexual relationship. Um, And I kind of just wrote, I don't really see it. I saw it when they were wrestling. But some other interesting things is that he, so Mark said that he threw the Olympic match so that DuPont wouldn't get the satisfaction of winning. So, yeah. Oh, really? That's what the real Mark said, yeah. Oh, wow, that's interesting. yeah. Um, and John, so John apparently would insist that he could see Disney characters hiding on the property, uh, trees uprooting themselves and walking around. And he once opened a, okay, yeah, he once opened fire on a flock of geese because he became convinced they were using dark magic against him. Oh my gosh. And he removed all the treadmills from the building when he became convinced they were turning back time. He hired security contractors to check his floorboards for secret tunnels and his walls for the hidden intruders he was sure were spying on him uh, during every moment. So he, yeah, he... um, He had problems. Yeah, so, and then there is this other, there's, uh, this is from Washington Post. This is actually a 1997 article. It was from a while ago. Defense attorney Bergstrom said that John had shot Dave out of an irrational fear that the wrestler was part of conspiracy against him. The lead prosecutor, Joseph McGettigan, drew the defendant as a rich and arrogant man who had grown increasingly angry with Dave during the year before the shooting and thought that he could get away with murder. And so this part wasn't true, what they did with the the movie, but... um, so, because he like got caught right away, that's not what happened. Oh. So after he shot Dave, I mean, he did get caught, but I'll just read it. After he shot Dave, he retreated to his mansion and held sh- police sharpshooters at bay for two days. Oh, I did read that. Yeah, yeah refusing like a to surrender, but he asked for his lawyer more than a hundred times during that. So he clearly understood that what he did yeah. was wrong. But it was intense. He just in the movie he just drove up. Yeah, and, he's and like, shot him from the me? car window. Yeah. yeah, it was. And his so, poor wife. Oh my god! I know. And he almost he almost, almost killed her. Yeah, too. she just like, ran back in the house. Too. In the his bodyguard was with him, and, and his bodyguard had a gun, like yeah. a handgun. And I couldn't figure out why his bodyguard didn't neutralize the situation. I think he was he probably was, just so shocked I mean, that it, he just didn't know what to do. I think it, he was shocked, and it also probably happened really fast. But yeah. I was like, "Geez, you're a bodyguard, like, like." you know you've been trained for specifically for it but yeah really yeah i think that in that type of situation he probably just was like "Uh, what do i do yeah you know Mm -hmm. um i also wanted to say too um that i wondered if part of the reason and i don't know if this is just a movie-fied thing but when john stopped by on sunday and dave was super nice about it he's like hey um it's family day yeah can't can't be here i gotta spend time with my family Mm -hmm. you know and i felt felt like he was really nice about it he was like being like he was clearly like trying to like you know like Like, hey i appreciate you stopping by yeah yeah um 
And I just remember, I just like, I'm haunted by the look on on, on Steve Carell's face or John DuPont's face because he kind of was like excited to see him. And then he was like, oh, okay. Like he was just very like almost like put off and almost like embarrassed or something. And I'm wondering, I guess that that's kind of, I keep going back to that moment where I'm like, is he, was he like so angry at the fact that he denied him um like attention on a sunday morning that he was just like what's your problem with me boom boom Mm -hmm. boom because he shot him three times um or is this just like is that part of it and it's like it's i mean it's obviously a culmination of a lot of different things because normally again people don't just shoot people just to shoot people unless that's like what they want to do you know yeah um but in this case like you just never find out. And John DuPont never said why he did it. And it's like, what? excuse me, <laughs> do not die before you tell me why you did the thing yeah. that you did. I don't you even know? know if he knows he, he had su- such mental instability. Yeah, like. he, I mean, I, he clearly knew that what he was doing was wrong. Yeah. But, and I think, I think I read, and I didn't write this down, but I think that he tried to say that he was insane, like he was not guilty because of insanity, and they were like, mm, no, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. You knew what you were doing was wrong, and right. he's like, okay. Yeah. So, it's just such a... I think that's why I'm, I'm like, I'm so compelled by this and i have to say one thing this other like thoughts popping in my head as i I was watching the movie i was like oh maybe i do like sports movies but then i was like but this isn't also really a sports movie it's a psychological movie you know sports and i i guess that i do like sports movies but they have to have a heavy aspect of like relationships and stuff like that you know what i mean like because i like the wrestler too and that was also a sports movie but yeah it's i think it's yeah that's because I was like, you know, because we talked about Moneyball and everything. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that this this whole story is just so compelling because this guy, this like lonely and I, I mean, a, a small part of me, the human part of me feels empathy for him, for John DuPont, you know, that he's alone. He's in he's got I would imagine not a very like happy family life he doesn't he's not close to his mom he doesn't he resents his mother uh who the dad maybe is dead I don't know um I think I read on Wikipedia his mom was like 101 when she died oh, so in really? the movie she was like 100 years so old so she was like wow so yeah. she was old so his dad was dead yeah long gone probably yeah and she she looked great for 101 <laughs> she was I thought so too like I thought in the first scene you see her she's like standing up and watching some horses and I was like this woman looks spry and in the next <laughs> like, scene she's in like a wheelchair right yeah, yeah I like, thought that was kind of she came, interesting when they wheeled her into like the, the clubhouse and he got up and like did some very like really basic wrestling tra- training it was like kind of awkward because he was, was just so trying to awkward. impress her and he's like I know. doing like probably wrestling 101 things you know I know, I know. but and I liked it, it was Dave, so obvious too that he was just like he just wanted to show off to his mom yeah. and his mom was like Mm-mm. I'm not interested she Should left be. yeah I thought it was interesting that Dave took his like dave didn't show him up like dave was like all right guys let's just practice these things for a little while and i thought that was really gracious of dave to um not say to like not say to john tapant like no look this is like basic we know this stuff he you know he just sort of right and i thought that that was really interesting so it was like 
he had his back almost and he didn't even need to you know yeah i think that dave was a decent guy yeah you know that's what it sounded like um there's also one other thing oh i also read too that it sounds like whenever john said something like hey what if we do this and and or or he whenever he said like oh i see something moving around like i see you know these disney characters whatever i'm trying not trying to laugh i it's uh, mental illness is no joke but um i guess dave would be like man they're, they're not there and that might have also added to why he killed him like maybe he thought that um I don't know. He like Dave was lying to him. Or yeah, something. or Dave was tricking him, or yeah. he was just he was just you know. I mean, because all he said to him was, "What do you have a problem with me?" And then he shot him. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was like, "I'm not crazy, but you keep saying that I am. So yeah. why, like, you know?" And I'm going to shoot you because of it. So mm-hmm. I mean, clearly, obviously, I think a big com- a big reason as to why he killed. Dave was because of mental illness, but yeah. there was clearly a whole underlying aspect of just a whole bunch of other issues that led yeah. to the culmination of his murder, you know? Yeah, and I do think throughout the movie, he had the arrogance of wealth where he just mm-hmm. did anything he wanted, and when anybody checked him on it, then it would get awkward between them until they finally let him do whatever he wanted again, you know? And so... um so I, I do think like part of the murder could have just been the arrogance of like I can do whatever I want. He thought he maybe could get away with it. Yeah. You know, but you have like two witnesses. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're you're not even like trying to get it away with like murder. It looked like there was a tunnel on his property that he <clears throat> was like did, trying yeah. to escape out of, which I thought was kind of neat. It seemed like he was like trying like it seemed to me like he was maybe trying to hide the weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the but, SWAT team was waiting outside the door <laughs> for him, and they got him. Yeah. And then you see at the end that Mark is an MMA fighter for who knows how long. But yeah, yeah, that really probably messed with his head. Like literally, I mean, the <laughs> concussions. And well, everything. they were watching MMA that day that John Dupont slapped him, and they were like, "Oh, these these MMA fighters make a lot of money." And they're like, "Yeah, but look at their faces; uh, they're yeah. all busted up, you know." So and he's yeah. he's already all busted up anyway. Yeah. So uh, anyway. So, would you recommend the movie? I would. I would, big time. It's it's really a good movie. It's very thoughtful. It's very quiet. It's it's not slow, but it's not fast and exciting mm-hmm. either. Great performances, really cool relationships in the movie, and just a pretty bonkers story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would also recommend it. I think um, Steve Carell does a really great job and he's very creepy as this role and actually he was a big reason why i wanted to see it because i i've only really ever seen like the only really serious role i've ever seen him in was little miss sunshine okay and i liked him in that a lot mm-hmm. um <clears throat> i really i i do notice that i tend to like actors more serious roles than like their comedic ones like jim carrey i kind of feel that way about and i wouldn't say i really love his like what were you giving me a weird look why what are you giving me a red look for? <laughs> well, like Truman Show and the number 23. No, no. <laughs> Did you not like the number 23? No. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> I think it's, I don't think you should minimize their comedic. I mean, comedy is harder no, than drama. No, I don't. I'm not minimizing at all. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. I, I, pr- I just tend to be more drawn to more serious roles. But, um, yeah, I was I was very curious as to what his performance was like, and it did not let me down. So yeah, that's what I have to say is Big that time. if 
you know, if you're you're questioning whether or not Steve Carell can act, he certainly can. <laughs> he is a decent, he is a damn decent actor. They all are. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Follow us on Instagram and watch his movies. Follow us on Facebook and watch the movies. You can uh, subscribe and follow us and please do and and uh, give us five stars. You can give us five stars on Spotify or you can give us five stars on iTunes. And if you like the movies that we do and you want to make a recommendation, you can do one of two things. You can either go and you can email us at that's at watchersandmovies at gmail.com or you can uh, write us or give us five stars on iTunes and write the name of the title of the movie down and we'll do it and we usually do it within a couple weeks and yeah that's pretty much it thanks to mike for <laughs> yeah, our yes, music thank you, thank you, you can find him on twitter at the mike show 42 <clears throat> his name is mike myers thank you mike sorry thank i forgot you, mike. this time <laughs> <laughs> bye bye